Welcome to How I Wrote This, a show about writers, their books, and the story behind their stories. I'm your host, Pamela Hensley, and in season two, I travel to Berlin. Learn what it's like growing up in a divided city, fleeing the country, living here as a Jewish expat. Join me as I speak to winners and contenders of the German Book Prize, the Thomas Mann Prize, the Dublin Literary Award, and the International Booker. Season two of How I Wrote This begins on April 23rd. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. So Picasso was fascinated by Morisot, um, that this individual that essentially didn't have any well, no formal training, but also no really direct influence, um, was able to do what he was doing. And um, it was Chagall that penned the phrase, the Picasso of the North, to Morisot. Hello, it's Ryan. In this week's Among Equals bonus episode, we present part one in our interview with Corey Dingle, the man in charge of the Norvell Morso estate. I say part one because we talked to Corey for a long time, so we'll be checking back in for a part two, maybe even a part three. I don't know. I haven't really finished editing it all yet. But here now is Corey discussing the early life and significance of his friend, Norvell Morso. I am Corey Dingle. I run the estate of Norval Morisot. We are a full corporation under BC laws. We are the Norval Morisot Estate Limited, and we handle all things Morisot. I met Norval in 1988 in White Rock, British Columbia. Um, didn't know who Norval was at the time. Of course, this was pre-internet, pre-phone, pre-all that. And um, just... Um, became attached to him in a godfather godson way and uh, lived with and helped Norval for about 10 years uh, consistently there's some different narratives out there and what i think a lot of people don't allow with Morisot is uh, they try they try to put a very complex individual into a into a defined box like we all do in life and they don't fully understand the the depth and breadth of of his existence especially when we talk about art you know and and his different stages you know he 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 produced art for close to 60 years and and so putting a definitive box around him is difficult and i'm sure we'll come across that a few times in this uh, conversation about him uh, I would say that he was a natural-born painter, and he liked to refer himself to that. He he was a rare individual where it seemed the timing of the earth was transferring um, from a, a, a menagerie of past and and present, and he seemed to be holding on to with one hand the past and 
and in the other hand, grasping the present. When we look at Morisot's early beginnings, we, 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 we see this beginning of an individual who is going to have to walk two paths between two different worlds. When, yeah, when we say the word natural-born artist, a lot of people try to do art. A lot of people study to do art. And then there's a, a select rare few individuals that, you know, the Great Spirit puts on this planet to give us art. Um, and and Morisot was one of them. And, and he referred to himself as a natural-born artist where he didn't have any materials, of course, when he was early, early young. So he would sit on the shores of the lake and he would um, draw into the sand and the wave would come and wash away his drawing and he would draw it again. And so he would often comment on how, how good he got at drawing certain figures, um, you know, because he had to draw them quickly. Uh, after after that, his, his grandfather and others showed him how to peel birch bark, um, you know, from the trees and make his own paints and such like that. Uh, and then later on, when he would start visiting these garbage dumps, they generally became, you know, a further source of materials for him to use. And we do have some paintings that he did very early on where they're, they're the back of a Hudson Bay hat box or, um, you know, some, some found object that he found in the garbage dump uh, to use. We feel that Morisot was put on this planet to give us art and to fulfill somewhat of a destiny uh, that required. And it took a cast of thousands to get here. Um, and so when we try to specifically say this individual or that individual, it's next to near impossible. It's, it's been a community of thousands that have helped uh, you know, create what what we're dealing with with Morriso today. Um, if I if I put a a finite finger on it, it was probably the you know the the Dr. Weinstein that um, was visiting in the in the north, and his wife went into a uh, a trading post, and two of Norval's works were in that trading post. Uh, under the counter on the floor and uh, these these individuals were quite well traveled through Europe they had finances they were friends of Picasso they were friends of Chagall uh, they were at that level of of um, ability of discerning great art and the wife saw the Morisot paintings on the floor uh, fell in love with them uh, inquired of who the artist was uh, the Trading Post gentleman mentioned it was Morisot. Uh, they 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 wrote about them being in their hotel room, and all of a sudden, uh, a, a loud knocking was at the door, and uh, they opened up the door, and there was this six foot four large indigenous gentleman with a couple paintings underneath his his arm um, to introduce himself. And I would say that that was probably the impetus for the origin of the international fame beginning. Uh, the good doctor after that, um, you know, contacted Picasso and would show Picasso Norville's work. And um, the gentleman mentioned, you know, Picasso would mention that the 
the amazing ability of the great spirit to deliver natural born artists that you can find them in all corners of the world that they don't have to come from great schools of advanced universities or or what have you and so picasso was fascinated by morris so um that this individual that essentially didn't have any well no formal training but also no really direct influence um was able to do what he was doing and um it was chagall that penned the phrase the picasso of the north to morisot why morisot's art is important in the time we are in now and and again when we try to define morisot in this small little box and we don't breathe the 60 years of change that he went through he was a he was an organic individual like everybody else that morphed and changed through time. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We have news articles talking about this savage Bush Indian uh, coming out and having a show. And, oh my God, who would have thought that a savage Bush Indian could paint like this? And so we learn of about our own reflective uh, systemic racism that still permeates in, in, in the market today. We also have to remember at that time that Norval was dealing with absolute systemic racism. Uh, the savage Bush Indian who were degraded in the, in the, the eyes of the modern culture. But he was also unabashedly bisexual. And when I mention not only having to deal with the systemic racism and all the past traumas that we've already laid out through his life, but to stand there strong and say, this is my art, basically take it or leave it, right? You, you, you will not intimidate me. To, be, to, to help break this, the racist stereotype but also <laughs> throw on top of it the bisexual stereotype in the 60s is truly remarkable. So when we talk about advancing Canadian understanding, our moral and, and eth ethical uh, you know, uh, spirituality advancement, uh, Morrisow was absolutely uh, imperative, uh, a towering figure on on bringing that forward into Canada's mind and saying, deal with it. You know, you're going to have to deal with this. And it was so beneficial that we had individuals such as Picasso and Chagall, who all these people looked up to as, you know, world famous entities of, of great stature saying, I don't care what you guys think of him. 
<laughs> I think he's a master. I think he's Picasso of the North. Uh, it it had to it 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 was a wake up call for for Canada, and we are still going through that wake up call. Again, I I love looking at how Canada has somewhat advanced through that question because you're absolutely right. We have our archive of of all the articles that that Norville's written, and and it's absolutely fascinating. But yet, it still goes on. If I talk about it at a practical level, obviously, all the listeners will understand when I say that in the early days when he was the savage Bush Indian, and oh my God, he's bisexual at the same time. It it was polarizing polarizing, celebrated in one, you know, demonized in another. But the sensationalistic perspective of his struggles always overshadowed what he was trying to accomplish. And yes, in the early stages of his career, the focus was on the preservation of the legends and his culture. He felt that he had accomplished that by the 80s. And he started moving on to the universal philosophies, the connections of all people. We are all one, was one of his favorite sayings. And so he understood didn't agree with it, obviously, but had to deal with, you know, the, the systemic racism in it, the uh, the lack of narrative control um, that we went through, and the prime focus on the sensationalistic uh, lifestyle that he had. Uh, again, you you read on contemporary European artists. Uh, they might mention that he had struggled, they had struggles, but they didn't go into that, you know, what kind of people he liked to have sex with. And, <laughs> and, and, you know, he was seen on the street here selling paintings for that. Sadly, more people know the story that he sold uh, paintings for 20 bucks or a bottle than they do what his art actually meant. What's very important <clears throat> about Norval is that, and he, 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 we talked about this, he always was in control of the situation. And so he hated the, the, like you said, the sad narrative of it. Somebody had something that he wanted at that moment, and this was his art, his possession to do whatever he wanted to do with it. So he never regretted or resented any deal that he made with anybody. Morisot did not live in the past. He did not live in the future. <clears throat> it was always the moment. We always focused on the moment. Now, we knew what the 60, 100-year arc, 200, 300-year arc of what the Great Spirit started. We were fully conscious of, of that art, that timeline, but we lived constantly in the moment. So 
the narrative of the sad Indian getting ripped off. No, he would totally disagree with that. He would say <clears throat> they had something I wanted and, and I traded them, you know, for it. Among Equals is a special presentation of Knockabout Media and has been made possible by the Government of Canada. It's hosted by me, Soleil Lounière, and produced by Ryan Barnett, Maya Foster-Sanchez, and Naka Bertrand. Our series advisors are Joseph M. Sanchez and Donna Fladichuk. This series features interviews with Bonnie Devine, Greg A. Hill, Michelle Lavallee, Carmen Robertson, Pauline Beardy, Philip Gavick, Corey Dingle, Donna Fladichuk, and Joseph M. Sanchez. Special thanks to Eric Berendt at the Indigenous Arts Center. Our series artwork is by Caleb Ellison Dysart, with additional work by Carlene Harvey. For a list of sources used in this series and to download the listening guide, visit knockaboutmedia.com. Knockabout Media Original. Hold on. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com.